Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Yeah, you wouldn't even think there's a Parmigiani, you know, store there. But no. anyway. I don't know how many Parmigiani stores there are, period. Yeah, it's just a tiny little storefront. Probably, you know, appointment only. Yeah. Just Parmigiani by the Mexican place. You know? Get your mole and then go and... Get a tonda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyhow. Dude, how are you, man? It's good to see you. Great to see you. Uh, sun shining. Week's wrapping up here. We're like in Thanksgiving week here in the States. So yep. people are sort of in and out of the office perhaps, getting maybe doing some travels, getting ready for hopefully a couple days off, a little bit of R&R. Yeah, totally. We just, uh, you know, for the benefit of anybody who wasn't here with us, we just crushed basically a large plate of tacos from Pasadena Taco Stalwart El Matate. Let's do a, um, let's do a pour check plate check. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're about to open it, so let's get that sound effect. Oh, <laughs> roll that beautiful can footage. <laughs> In the glass today is uh, Pacifico, which is a, sort of a stalwart Mexican cerveza yep. for us, uh, for a lot of people. But I think for you and I, it's definitely like top, top, top of the list. Oh, yeah. This is this is crushable. This is like the beer you have warm weather with a taco or something like that. Here, well, cheers up front. Salute. There you go. We, uh, as Matt mentioned, we just crushed a number of El Matate tacos. Part of our, uh, you know, tour of LA, which was uh, really well received. A lot of people had comments and, and, and considerations and seemed to just really enjoy the idea of it, the spirit. I was a little surprised because after we did it, we were kind of like high-fived, like, that was great. And then afterwards, when I was getting ready to put it up, I was like, man, is that going to be like too local a thing? Are people not going to enjoy it because it's, you know, maybe too specific? Or, well, on the one hand, you know, a lot of people who listen to us are people we know here in Southern California. So that's cool. But yeah, you're right. I was I was surprised by the amount of good feedback we got on that episode from people who were f- from nowhere near here. So yeah, very cool. That was gratifying and fun. So if you're ever out visiting us in California, just rehash that episode, listen to it again. Stay in Pasadena, not the west, the west side. And you know what we'll do maybe too is we'll expand the geography a little bit, right? Because like you said, I, don't, I wouldn't consider this hyper local. And to be fair, it's a major metropolis right Right. city but uh but i think we could even expand the geography and maybe do a couple days in california southern california you know because then you can start riding up and down the coast a little bit and include some of our other other favorites i think somebody commented on one of the posts you know heading up to santa barbara down to san diego and so obviously it's limitless at that point but yeah yeah well santa barbara is a favorite um central coast obviously i know a lot about that area and who doesn't love san diego yeah and there's probably even good stuff on the west side, too. So Yeah, there is. There definitely is. That's all right. Anyhow, um, well, we both have the same thing sort of in the glass. We're rushing right into the, you know, uh, wrist check, pour check. I have the same Pacifico you do in the can, too, which is nice. I like the cans better for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. 
you know, we have a pool, so I try to keep aluminum when possible, but yeah. something about the can just actually feels, like, I don't know, like you're hiking or you're on the boat or you're near the pool. It just feels even better. So there's a, um, a local brewing concern here, you know, Golden Road in, in the Glendale area. Golden Road, I think, is now part of, uh, I don't know if it's InBev or Anheuser-Busch or, or whatever so, the conglomerate is now. major, yeah. Yeah. Brazilian-based <laughs> multinational. I have, I have no clue, but it was, it was founded by, at least in part, by a Harvard Business School grad. She was like, you know, kind of young skater chick here from Southern California. And she wanted to change things up and start, you know, a brewing operation fairly large from the get-go, well-capitalized from the get-go, and doing things right. And she'd done a lot of research, and I guess there is a lot of research that basically proves, and it kind of makes sense, that beer basically just holds up better in a can. So if you've got imported beer from Germany, if I have an opportunity to buy the same beer in a bottle or in a can, I'll always buy the can. Yeah. And I'm never let down. You know, we have a few listeners and friends who are actually quite in the beer business. So maybe they can comment or, and we'll get some notes from our friends, you know, at Overtown and some other places too. But yeah, I mean, even something as simple as like, you know, keeping light out. Yeah. Is huge, you know. We need to have, Ke- oh man, I think his name is Kelly. Yeah. Uh, beer and I. Mm-hmm. Dude, we got to make good on that threat and have him on to talk about this stuff. I think he does, like, quality control for beer or something like that. I hope I'm getting that right, dude, if you're listening. But, uh, yeah, maybe you could tell us in the comments or come on or whatever. Is uh, can better, bottle better, under what conditions or whatever. But anyhow, I have the Pacifico as well. And on wrist today, this is Tuesday and we're keeping it real, dude. Tacos on a Tuesday, taco Tuesday, taco or day, really. Every day, really. But wow, I see what you're doing here. This is really, this is impressive. Yeah, but I also have the uh, the Speedmaster. This is the 145.022, the, the very, very old, beautifully ghosted, and it's on that blue um, strap tailor, kind of the twin ribbed, you know, Omega specific design. Just looks killer. Yeah, it does. Absolutely love it. How about you? What do you have on? Well, I also have a chronograph on. It is not a Speedmaster. I've got uh, just an old sort of early to mid-60s BWC Swiss um, blue dial chronograph. Runs a Valjoux 7733. And it's got tons of character. It's uh, 35 millimeters, give or take. And sort of this tonneau barrel-shaped case. Um, These huge monster, you know, brick hour indices. Yep. Um, tons of tritium all over the place and uh, these kind of cool kind of cigarette cigarette style um, sub dial um, hands and, and actually the sub dials themselves I, you and I have talked about this before but you know we talked with Cameron over at Craft uh, uh, and Tailored right when I picked this up and we were just kind of speculating slash joking that you know it basically gives us very singer dial, you know, uh, you know, if you're Newman Daytona fans, uh, kind of singer dial vibes, especially on the numerals on those sub dials. Yeah, I can see that. I want to say this is considered like a TV style register. Yeah, you know, that's so it's right. it's like a rounded square yep. for each of the the, the sub dials, and yeah, you know, this is a uh, well. I know they say this doesn't really mean what they say it means. The the bicompacts, but basically you've got a subdial at three, a subdial at uh, at nine. But this is a really clean design. I've always liked this watch. I like the pump pushers and everything about this thing is just bitching. And I really, to be honest, I mean, it's surprising 
how well the blue dial, the surface of the dial has held up and the print. Yeah. You know, the, the print looks like it was applied, you know, yesterday. It's a really, really cool looking thing. It's one of those, there's two or three watches that you have that I'll just always associate with, you know, time and tequila. And this is one of them. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, the dial is definitely the star on that one. You know, what's funny is they almost look like they could be sort of companions. I'm holding this watch right next to my, uh, to my Speedmaster. So this is a black dial chronograph with the dark blue strap. And you've got, right, a kind of a, a dark blue chronograph on a black strap. It's a pretty cool look. We're hesitating here because he's actually taking a wrist shot in real time. And I dig the strap too. It's like nice and all rallified. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I like, I like the rally style. I just don't love the big holes on rally style straps. Yeah. So this has these sort of small perforations and, um, no, just, that's the way to go. It just works for me better. I don't, I don't love the big rally hole, you know, the big, the big holes on the rally style straps for, I don't know, whatever reason. Yeah, I've um, I've attempted to go with that larger hole format. I don't like it either. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real very specific. You know, in like in theory, it is like spot on, and I know it's you know um, period correct, but uh, in practice, I'm, just for me, it doesn't hold up. I think you're wearing with that kind of a, a watch and strap setup. You're wearing like a an oversized you know turtleneck sweater with a like a leather bomber jacket thrown over that and a scarf. <laughs> thrown around your neck and you've got your you know leather driving gloves and you're driving you know your convertible jaguar or something you know in the back of the hills out you know something like that again it's it's such a very specific aesthetic yeah. and i just don't think it works every day that on the other hand is pretty cool and i think fit for purpose you probably get good breathing out of that yeah yep yeah right yeah, on that's right so what else, what's, what's new what's new in your world what else is happening well you know um we sort of alluded to our, you know, most recent kind of tour of LA, which is super cool. Um, I think uh, the feedback from that is such that, you know, I I want to explore a lot of other stuff because I think we can just basically redo that every year and never never revisit the same places. Um, as far as new other stuff, uh, I think probably the only thing that I've got really to talk about is you know this new watch that is just put the hook in me and i was showing you this earlier so this is the um the hanhart 417 so this is that the 1954 this is basically a new model that they've come out with and talk about unsung brands or underrated brands or just brands that you don't see very often we've talked about maybe doing an episode coming up soon on brands like this with you know hanhart or tatima or you know, pick, pick a brand that you don't see very often. And this one is an amazing thing. So this, when you look this thing up, there's a couple of different dial options. There's a Panda reverse Panda kind of thing. This is a column wheel chronograph under 40 uh, millimeters, decent water resistance, uh, flyback, manual wind. And the release price for this is something like 2,500 bucks. It's a lot. That's a lot of value packed into that. And it's a good looking watch. I mean, it's yeah. definitely, it's a little, um, a little retro, Yeah. but it, it's, it's, the look is timeless overall. You know, it's very cool looking, very sort of, you know, early aviator vibes and I like it. 
Well, it's really hard to go wrong with a well-executed panda or reverse panda, in, in my uh, in my honest opinion. So, you know, as long as you don't really screw it up, you're starting off in a pretty good place. But uh, the proportions are, like, spot on. Um, I think, you, like you said, when I associate Hanhart with sort of the coin-edge bezels, which reminds me of my Oris Big Crown pointer date, and there is sort of a vintage aesthetic to that, but it's it does feel timely. You just said that. You know, it's, it's, it's vintage but timeless. It doesn't feel vintage for you know the sake of, of just design and, and um, you know there's there's a timelessness to it as well yeah there so it's got syringe hands take a look at this again in the uh, in the stock photo look at the chronograph seconds so the large second hand it almost looks like a leaf second hand and not a conventional like stick just uh, it it just looks elegant I don't know how else to put it no it is you know did, <sighs> tell me if I'm wrong but weren't what were they putting on a lot of their watches, sort of like a, a especially in the chronographs, like a red pusher? Wasn't that like a sort of a, 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 a hallmark for a while? That was a calling card for them for yeah. some of their watches, especially I think some that they'd had reworked so that they were a mono pusher. Got it. Yeah, that uh, that red pusher and then the sort of the red um, like twelve o'clock, you know, mark on on the bezel, yeah. you know, that coin edge. I don't know if that's strictly stylistic, or if that that bezel actually rotates. Um, I'm sure in the past they probably did. I don't know if they do now. And it doesn't say here whether it does. It's probably too, you know, esoteric a detail for, for them to include in the release. But to me, this is a bitchin' watch. This would be high on the list. You know, I agree. For and anybody. I, don't, I don't know that you're going to see it sort of widely publicized on a lot of the outlets. So that's kind of a neat thing, too, to sort of delve off of, you know, the usual releases that get covered, you know, by, by most folks. So um, that's a cool one. That's a great find. I'd love to see it in person. Yeah, same here. This is one of those that, like, just in terms of the aesthetics alone, there's that could be an episode too, man. You could have just aesthetically pleasing chronographs of, like, Longines Big Eye. Yeah. This one, you know, I don't care what's under the hood. It's just... It looks good. It's a Yeah, it's a pretty-looking watch, and it's at the right size. It... it it's cool. So yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm down. That would be kind of the new thing that I'm liking right now. How about you? I dig it. I like it a lot. I'm glad you brought that to my attention because I hadn't seen it. Um, there was a few, I mean, we're recording today and I think, I think a couple things just came out just actually today. Yeah. So might as well just comment on them while we're sort of on the, on the, you know, new watches and new stuff release. So Why the, not? Uh, yeah. The Hodinkee Mito, um, GMT Ocean Star. So I saw this. I I don't remember where I heard him do it. If it was online somewhere or in a podcast episode on the Gray NATO or something. But James Stacy teased this, and I'd started getting the emails like a week or two ago. You know, from Hodinkee, and they've had it like on the basically top, you know, front page above the fold kind of thing for the past maybe week or two. Like coming soon. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, right. Mito, Mito, Mito. X Hodinkee. Yeah, exactly. Coming soon. You know. See this um, about once a week now, right? Yeah. Hamilton, X, Hodinkee. Precisely. <laughs> so, but they're I, always pretty good. I figured if, if James Stacy was kind of hyping it, it had to be GMT and it had to be reasonably sized. Yeah. And so I, I personally like this a lot. I'm not going to get it just because I've got other things that I'm saving for. But this is so in my wheelhouse. This is totally wearable. I love the mesh bracelet on it. It's a GMT. And it is a, a local hour, you know, jumping hour GMT. So, you know, I, I don't like to use that true GMT term, but it's what people call it. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, the entire thing, super, super cool. I like it. Um, I don't know if it's sold out yet. 
I, I, when I checked, I fully expected it to be not available, like sold out. When I looked at it this morning, it did still allow me to add to cart. Obviously, I didn't buy it, but... What was there, uh, a thousand of them? Less? I'm trying to... I think it was 999. 999. Something like that. No, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. I think James and maybe some other folks have been alluding to some movements that would be maybe more readily available in what we're describing, sort of this affordable, you know, um, uh, Flyer GMT. And so maybe this is sort of that, you know, uh, kind of snowball effect where we're seeing, you know, we're going to see more of these out. I love it. I think it's got really cool classic vintage styling. Um, how do you really go wrong with sort of the, you know, black, white, and papa red? Um, and for the price, like you said, there's not really a whole lot to argue with. It's pretty sharp. This is another one that unfortunately this is an LE, right? So we may never get to actually see one of these things, but I would love to see this in the metal because I've had a few recent experiences where I've had an opportunity to see watches that I've only seen in pictures and the saturation level on some of the color accents has been very different in real life. And, you know, sometimes in a really good way. Mm -hmm. Um, this seems to be really toned down in terms of saturation, and I would want it punched up. I would hope that in real life it's a little bit more visible, but in every other respect, like I, I really dig it because it looks like, right, it's just the GMT hand. Yeah. But is there also, it looks like that might say GMT under Ocean Star, but yeah, it's, I believe so, you're correct. it's so deep, blood red, faded in that you, it's hard to see in the, in the photos. And then a red triangle on your loom pip. So, I mean, that's nice color coordination, nice color pops for sure. Yeah, I dig it. I, Having seen um, our friend Josh, right, Horological Chronicles, he's got the, I don't know what the... Reissue. Yeah, it's basically ocean. the one that's like, you know, ocean Skittles star. take the rain, taste the rainbow, mm -hmm. you know, um, with the, the hugely complicated, you know, it, it looks like it should be visually, it should be a complete mess, but it looks really cool in real life. That watch is so well executed and feels really good in hand. That's completely changed. Like as long as the, the the aesthetics and the overall design, like integration of the watch, I look at Mito in a completely different light now. And I bet this watch is similar. Like this is definitely on the lower end of the Swatch Group's sports watch offerings, but it's it's super cool. No, it really is. I think it's, uh, like you said, hopefully we get a chance to see it up, up close. You know, I think um, there's well, a lot to like there. Yeah, and hopefully they, they will produce this style of watch that's you know maybe aesthetically very kind of similar with uh you know other other watches basically in their range that are going to be accessible to everybody because i i like it a lot yeah yeah yep. so our friends over at whiskey and watches had been teasing this on the group threads and probably alluding to it on on some other stuff too they they've had a chance to see this already and then today we also got the announcement that oris dropped a brand new pro pilot the colson limited edition yeah this so, thing is cool this thing is definitely like a surprising drop right you know it is i mean i suppose um you know this is a a nominally a line of pilots watches so that makes sense for this you know colson is a uh, an operator of like converted and both fixed wing and i think helicopter as well um firefighting aviation assets like all over the western u.s and probably all over the world you know that they they go out and and do i would imagine state and federal you know forestry contracts and you know uh, uh whoever else basically runs that kind of stuff and they they provide these assets that you know drop water and, and retardant on fires 
so we've we've definitely seen their stuff mm-hmm. around here in Southern California. You know, we we live Greg and I basically live right underneath the mountains that are, you know, burn every few years, and we see these kind of firefighting assets all the time. I think it's a cool looking watch. What what are your impressions initially? Well, it's a ceramic, <clears throat> you know, composite case, right? So that's a 3D printed. It's a big a, departure. Yeah, I mean that's it's 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 a striking difference, you know, for, for this format of watch. Um, if you're familiar with the pro pilot series, it's going to look, I think, you know, similar. It's going to look, it's going to look familiar in some ways, but the, you know, the fact is, I mean, it's a black, you know, ceramic, uh, or excuse me, carbon fiber composite case with this sort of, oh, man, how do you describe this? Orange to red to deep burgundy ombre sort of dial. Yeah. It looks to me, if I had to guess, you know, it starts at the bottom, like so the, you know, the five, six, seven o'clock range of the watch, if you're looking at it, you know, kind of head on, is kind of a, a bright, you know, like uh, uh, just a, a blaze orange almost. And then as you work your way up to the 12 o'clock, it becomes progressively more sort of red. And then, yeah, by the time you get to the top, it's like this kind of ochre, you know, smoky. And I think it's supposed to, you know, maybe call to mind Mm -hmm. you know seeing like you know a burning forest or or grasslands or whatever yeah yeah. and then as you kind of fade upward in the night sky you know it gets progressively darker you've got the you've got the knurled bezel sort of if you want to call it that which is kind of i guess a hallmark as well as the case yeah it's like a visual trademark for them it looks cool there's striations in the case itself i'm surprised so i would love to see this because i i would assume based on what i heard about this watch is that those pieces as well are carbon fiber right but they seem very detailed so, you know, I wonder how they did that. Like, did they punch that in? You know, those, that, the crenellations that, they it's look a, like a little turbine. You it's know? a good question. I mean, some of the, so like the journal, the outlets are sort of reporting and I've seen the, some of the press releases saying that they 3D printed it. So again, I don't know how that plays into what you're describing as well. Yeah. It, I would just wonder if it's a separate piece or if it's all one piece. And if it is a separate piece, is there, is that piece, you know, steel or metal? I, I do believe it's either a steel or a titanium case back with the, the display. Yeah. So this is the, the caliber 400. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's right. So that's kind of their, their in-house thing. I think I read though, that this is not, um, a chronometer spec you know, but presumably capable of pretty good accuracy. Yeah, I believe you're right about that. And you're looking at, you know, I guess a recommended 10-year service interval, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, it's a neat value add. So I don't know. I think, you know, visually this this watch to me is a little bit, I mean, obviously the dial color is super cool, but this particular style of watch that they make is always um, hard for me to warm up to given that they have kind of similar offerings with like the pointer date or GMT or what have you. So to me, this is like a little bit plain, um, but at the same time, there's so much interesting going on with the overall package that I think a lot of people are gonna find this pretty compelling. And I love the handsets. The handset's great. When we had that Riga um, Fleet Limited Edition in, just yes. the, the handset, what I believe is the same handset, uh, and the applied numerals, I mean, they really, really pop. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean on this one, it's gonna do the same. So it's a, it's a really cool handset. Really cool dial furniture, if you want to say that. Um, really cool package, and uh, you know I think people are going to be pretty pretty amped on these. Yeah, I think the only thing I would change on this is I, I would love to see that seconds hand get a little bit more um, 
little bit more visible to my mm-hmm. eye. You know, it's 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 toned down almost too too much to a fault, kinda. Um, and it was the same thing on the the Riga fleet, that LE. You know, that seconds hand is you got to really look to pick it out especially on that dial you well, black dial mostly black hand until you get a white tip i think right? well and that's a pulsations dial too yeah. so you you know you're wanting to be able to find that second hand in a hurry right. under low light so that was tough this is maybe a little bit less egregious but i like this um i think the price is fair this is like something in the range of about four grand yeah i think that's right yeah 4500 us is what i'm reading okay and that's a, a limited edition of 1000 perhaps yep now one thing i did not see is any kind of reference to or photos of the clasp. I'm assuming it's one of their usual clasps because it looks like it's that same sort of, um, you know, that uh, uh, heavy duty, I don't know if it's like a a Kevlar based, you know, almost like a sailcloth. And they they do those deployant clasps so well. Yeah, especially with the lift, right? I hope that's what it is. I would assume that's what it is, but I I neither see it nor have read it. But in general, I think that's another banger by Oris. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you said, people Again, are going to be excited for it. This has been a great year for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, they've been on a roll for sure. And uh, lots of good publicity for good reason. Yeah, well, VJ, if, not related to this watch, but if you are listening, can we please have a rectangular in silver? Rectangular watch in silver, or if you want to do bronze gold or something like that. But I think that watch is just screaming for a an unusual metal you know for the case yeah yeah for sure anyhow speaking of uh wish lists and desires we uh we cobbled together uh, a holiday shopping guide right spirit of time approved shopping list for for the those uh close to you yeah yeah definitely i think you know we are going to get in ours a little early maybe hopefully before everybody and their brother everybody's going to do one of these and they're fun and we did one last year yeah we did um thank you dan for helping us with that but uh, this time we're going to go a little bit earlier, assuming we can get this episode up in the next few days. So people maybe right after Black Friday. That's even. what I'm saying. It's Black Friday, you know, uh, right after the day after Thanksgiving here in the States. And people are out and about shopping and shop till you drop. So I think uh, maybe it's going to be early in terms of what everybody else is doing. But I think people are already thinking about what to buy for their watch uh, geek slash uh, cocktail aficionado uh, in their life. Yeah. Totally. Well, why don't we start? Do you want to do, again, kind of a, a ping pong thing? Let's I, do a ping pong. Okay. I think that'd be fun. How yeah. many do you have all together? So I have four. Perfect. But I, I could, yeah. I've, I've got something else in mind if we wanted to throw something down. Everything this year, I did not bother trying to keep things super cheap. Um, there's, you know, nothing terribly expensive. This would be for somebody significant in your life, you know, a good a good friend, Um you know, for any of our uh, women listening, if this is maybe for a significant other, something like that. So perfect. Yeah, no, minor, minor. I would say on the low end, but they're definitely, I think, probably a notch or two below. So we should give people a good smattering of uh, stocking stuffer types, and then maybe uh, more significant gifts for the person in your life that you actually care about. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Or, or want to impress. Um, all right, let me start off. I'm gonna go with, uh, and I'll show you as a picture as I pull them up here. These are really sharp. Um, I'm sure you've seen these. I came across, um, so Fluco straps out of Germany. Okay. Um, I haven't seen this. They do some really nice suede, you know, which is really affordable. I mean, you can pick them up on Amazon, but you can also pick them up on their, on their website. You know, they're like 20, 30 bucks and it's nice. It's nice suede. Uh, but I went and I know we're in holiday season here, but they've got this, um, Bayeritz Bunt, uh, actually the summer colors, Bayeritz summer colors are what they call it when it yeah. translates over. 
not exactly the time to be shopping summer colors, I guess if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, but these are just super fun and they're like, they're like 35 euros. So if you just wanted to give something like, you know, kind of off the beaten wall, maybe you're not gonna wear bright bright color purple so, or yellow strap all the time, but you want you wanted to give it a good shot with good quality, why not? Are all of these suede? These are um, these are goat skin, I believe. Okay. So they do they do a bunch of suede's too. Well, you know, which no, is just where to, I first came across them. Just to kind of you know articulate it, so you know before people look again, this is Fluco F L U C O. But one of the things I noticed, just in terms of the range of colors that were available, I mean that was like a almost like a lemon meringue custard yellow, right? There was a a uh, like a, a tangerine kind of an orange color pink i mean there's there's yeah. a bright not even i wouldn't even call it racing green like a gosh i don't know what color green would you call that yeah i mean that is um that is the green you think of when you think of the color green right yeah, it's not it's yeah. not any kind of hyphenated you know hunter green british racing green uh lime green it's none of that this is just green and i like the offset stitching on it it looks like or i should say the uh, contrast stitching yeah everything's got a contrast stitching i mean these are fun colors um you know maybe you don't want to drop you know 100 150 on something that you're not sure you'll wear all the time but it's something that would be sort of for fun occasions or just to make a, a crazy color combo and uh, and i know they're pretty good quality so you're not really dropping a, a ton of money on them throw a couple of these in the stocking stuffer and brighten somebody's uh color uh, strap combos up yeah, totally. No, that's a good idea. I like that one as a as a first pass. So I believe they call this one the Byritz Summer Colors is what I believe they're calling it. Okay. And this is a, a goat skin strap, but they have, you know, there's a ton of stuff on there you could shop through. The whole site's pretty affordable. That would actually, that, that yellow, and again, this is sort of the lemon meringue kind of custard looking yellow. That would look great on my wife's, she's got a, a white dial Jungens. Yeah. That would look so cool. Yeah, Byrits okay, Summer so Colors. Note to self, I think I'm, I'm actually going to look at something like this for a quick... 35 euros? A quick and easy change of look for her, for that watch. That would Pretty be good. rad. Pretty yeah, good. Totally. It's good quality. I mean, they sell on Amazon even, too. So if you really just wanted to throw it in there with one of your Prime shipments, it's even easier, probably. Yeah, when you need an extra, like, 15 bucks to get the free shipping yeah. or whatever. Yeah, cool. So there you go. That's a good suggestion. Well, this... I'm going to start with this, then. So, um, you know, I am all about like the grilling and the green egg and just the, the backyard lifestyle uh, on the weekends and stuff like that. One thing I find is um, a lot of people do not invest. They spend a fair amount of money in the grill and, and all that stuff, but not necessarily in the tools that you're going to use. I'm raising my hand for the I grill. I'm completely guilty of this, buying my grill utensils at Marshall's or TJ Maxx maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I used to do the same and I was gifted a nice set from William Sonoma and they're, you know, nice, you know, hardwood stainless steel kind of oversized a good kit, you know, with a uh, a knife or two, tongs, a spatula, you know, maybe a, a really good durable, especially if you've got one where you can replace the um, kind of the uh, uh, scrubber, whatever you'd call it, but basically the the great cleaner, you know, that whole deal. Um that's something that's invaluable to somebody and it's the kind of thing where when you have really basic stuff you tend to not ever want to look for something different or better but you don't you, know what you got what you don't got when you don't got it exactly <laughs> but once you kind of upgrade it's like oh it's so much easier yeah. you know um, to use good good tools like that prices vary greatly depending on where you go but you know william sonoma is going to have something like that sur la is going to have it 
barbecues galore is going to have it. So that's my suggestion. Um, and I think you could probably do something pretty good for about a hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a worthwhile investment, especially if you spend your whole summer grilling. Yep. Uh, or even year round, if you're able to, or you've got it in a spot where you can access it. I mean, hundred bucks for some really solid uh, grillware. I think you're going to probably, your ROI is going to be pretty good on that. Yeah, you know what, about uh, maybe twice a season, I'll, you know, wash everything really, really well, which is to say the, the body of these things, you know, not the, the actual, like, handling surfaces. Obviously, you wash those every time. But, um, oh, I thought, you just, I thought you just let those season, you know. Yeah, you know what, it's, I've got, you know, pig guts on there or whatever. That's just for, no. Um, but then you can, uh, if, especially if they have, like, the wood handle, wood furniture, yeah. you know, you just treat that with the same kind of, uh, like, oils that you would use for, like, something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your outdoor wood table or if you've got a butcher's block, um, let that sit and dry for a day. And it's like you've got, you know, a new piece of equipment every every six months i've had mine now for like 20 years and they they still look really good that's okay that's pretty impressive actually yep. i don't think any of my grillware has lasted 20 years so so that's my I probably spent as much as or more than you have replacing them every year yeah. or two exactly so uh what, what you know um you know it's worth buy, the, buy worth once the, cry once buy once cry once that's what i was looking for i'm gonna stay i'm gonna move into cocktails but stay sort of in your zone smokers so uh, last year, the year before that, I got a, a cocktail smoker kit. Yeah. So this one in particular is called Fog Hat. So it's the Fog Hat cocktail smoker kit. Uh, you've seen these somewhere, you know, on an Instagram reel or you've seen it. You, you know, know where I've seen them is on Drink Masters. On Drink. You watched it. So I have been watching like it. it. Yeah, that was your I'm like four or five episodes into it. It's just easy to watch. It, it is. If you like the, you know, the Top Chef style show. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. I'm all right. I'm down for this, and I think you know, like three hours later, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta turn this off. <laughs> I must do. Yeah. It's so easy, and you can put it in the background. I'm glad you're liking it. Yep. Yeah. No, they've been. Oh man, they smoke so much stuff on there. Um, it was crazy. I mean, they're they're a creative bunch of creative uh, uh, mixologists for sure. Yeah. Uh, this one's like okay, so like ninety bucks, and uh, this one in particular comes with the smoking apparatus, which is essentially like a a cage to put the wood chips in yep. that sits above the cocktail glass and then it has a cap, um, a lid that goes over and then it, they give you like the butane sort of like kitchen um, torch Yep. And, uh, and it comes with uh, at least one or two of the wood chips. And then you could buy, the, after that, you're just buying the wood chips. You know, you've got everything else you need. Maybe, you know, might need some butane every once in a while. So 90 bucks and you get to play around, make smoked old fashions or whatever else is interesting to you. Different wood chips, you know, there's kind of the standard, you know, oak. Then there's, you know, ap- uh, apple, you know, uh, um, uh, what's the, help me out with the apple. Um, uh, what are those wood chips you can buy? Apple, smoked apple, like a. Yeah, well, I mean, there's all kinds of. Would, right I, I, I hesitate to use the word flavor, but, you know, come on. There's like, you know, pecan and cherry and yeah. applewood and um, hickory and oak. And is that the kind of thing you're thinking of? Yeah, I was thinking it's um, applewood. Sorry. Took me way too long to say that. But, yeah, sweet Texas mesquite, uh, cherry tempest, you know. Um, All right. this Dude, this sounds vermouth, very dangerous oak for roast. me. Yeah, mold wine you know, Pete, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, super easy is not hard. It won't make a mess of your kitchen. You're not going to set off any fire alarms and, uh, and it's pretty cool. And I think somebody who likes to make drinks at home would probably have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, that seems super cool. I don't have this on my list, but you know, as the ultimate stocking stuck for accompaniment to that, like what about 
you know, just getting a, a jar of good cherries. There you go. Yeah. Good point. Good point. The uh, obviously the Luxardos and whatever uh, those German cherries that uh, Mike Stockton has been uh, passing out to to you know a couple of uh, yeah. whiskey aficionados. I I don't know what those are. I don't either. But nobody I, nobody says anything. They just say the fancy German cherries that are better than Luxardos. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know. Anything can be better than Luxardo cherries. It's hard hard to imagine. Yep. Didn't we we gave Luxardo cherries to. Uh, to Dre. The, yeah. yeah. The junior Hoyer. Shirley Temple. Exactly. The Shirley Temple uh, yep. master herself. Exactly. That's good stuff. She has some really fun Halloween um, uh, focused um, I saw that. Videos too. Yeah. That was very good. If you haven't got, go back and, and check out the uh, Feldmar Instagram account and, um, and Dre's uh, account on Blanking. It's Dre something, you know, in a series of numbers. It, it's tagged on our account. But yeah. Go see her last few videos. They're really great. Yep. All right, dude. So my next pick... This is definitely bumping up a little bit in price, but this is this is for people um, who are really nerdy and you know kind of anal completist, however, whatever you want to say about the the watch hobby. If the person doesn't already have one of these, it's a great addition, and that is just you know fill in the blank with the brand, but a consumer grade time grapher. Mm-hmm. So there's like the uh, I think it's the Waishi you know 1900 or the 1000. I think they're in terms of functionality. They're all very similar. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to spend the extra like thousand bucks to get the one with the printer on it. You know, uh, just take a picture. But um, <laughs> life hack. I I got one of these and uh, it's been very cool. Like, oh, you should you know, have brought it over. We should have played with it. You know what? We should have. I I don't Next know time. why I didn't think of that. But um, you know, for two hundred odd dollars. It's a good investment because it does kind of settle in your mind if you've got a watch that you think, especially if you're not wearing it every day, you're like, oh, is that, it's kind of underperforming or something wrong, or if it's more than a few minutes out, you can get a sense, the amplitude in particular, I find that is pretty accurate, you know, in terms of kind of telling you, you know, what it's, it predicts the watch will do with what I observe it do, you know, over a period of several days. And I've thrown a, a lot of my watches on there and... What do you think is my most accurate watch so far? Oh, according to this time. Graph. Yeah, man, I feel like you gave me a hint on this already, and I should have known the answer. I. How about your your Seamaster? So you know what? It's not. You would think it would be. Um, but master, you know, coaxial. Yeah, the two most accurate watches I have are the the one of them should not be accurate at all and that's my seiko marine master because those are those are really good movements but they're unregulated which right. is what keeps the price down so it's just kind of hit and miss some people get watches that are 15 seconds 30 seconds you know 25 seconds this thing's about one second and then the other supremely accurate watch is that weiss field watch that's right. That's what I should yeah. realize. He, I, I think he gave me a hint on that before. Cameron regulates the snot out of those things, and it's just so, so accurate. And it's really kind of, uh, it, it likes its dial-up position, you know, overnight. It's really, really good. It's very strong amplitude. Great watch. That's so that's, awesome. that's a lot of fun. And that's one of those things that's just um, gives you a lot of nerd enjoyment. So for the watch nerd in your life, that is a good thing to get. Or just... You know, get it for yourself. So that's what I would suggest. That's next on my list. Doesn't doesn't fit in a stocking. It's a box about this big. They're bigger than I would have thought. 
Yeah, you know, I guess I didn't realize how big they were now that you're describing this. I thought they'd be smaller than your laptop, but... Yeah, well, well, it's smaller than the laptop. But, yeah. I mean, you know, the you think that the the display is going to be about the size of your phone. Yeah. It's probably about twice oh. that size. No, that yeah, is I mean, bigger than I thought. It's about like this. I would have guessed the size of an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's, a, it's a substantial thing. Yeah. You know, and some of the electronics, when you really get down to it, it's like, okay, that seems a little expensive. But when it arrived, I was like, okay, then no, this makes sense. Anyhow, so that's my next pick. How about you? What have you got next? Okay, I've got uh, two options, a sort of uh, full, full-blown full option and then um, sort of a dial-back option. So these are, and you've probably heard us talk about this a number of times, they're, they're friends and, and, and good it's a good company, but uh, Magay Melate is yep. a Mezcal subscription service here in the States. Um, the club option, which is what we what I do, is you get a shipment every two months of two 375 mil bottles. So essentially, you know, consider it like one bottle of Mezcal if you want right. to extrapolate it, right? You get 750 mils every 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 other month. Uh, and that's 120 bucks. And um, you just get a lot. And then you also get a 100 milliliter uh, sample. So, you know, every two months you're getting essentially three mezcals delivered straight to your door. These are almost 99% of the time unavailable in sort of a on the shelf retail format. Maybe some of the mezcaleros produce somewhere else for another brand, or maybe they do a different version of something that you've seen elsewhere before. But almost typically you can't get it unless you went to the Palenque, which you went to the to the Mezcalero's, you know, home. Um, so that's really neat. It's basically like, uh, you know, flying, uh, you know, spirits directly to your door from, you know, straight from the source. Um, it's very cool, amazing stuff. Uh, sometimes it's really off the wall. Sometimes it's a little more down the middle, but a, a wide range. They do Zooms every month too, to sort of talk about them and learn more about, you know, the, the producers. And if that sounds like too much, or you're like, hey, I just don't drink that much, but I still want to try a bunch of stuff. They started the this, I think they call it the Club Mini, and I think that's $116 every four months. So you're and you're getting all the you're getting them in hundred mil uh, variances. So I've seen those bottles, and that is super cool because I mean essentially you get you know like two pours kind Correct. of right out of each of those. Yeah, and that is a really interesting way to educate your palate. Yeah, that's exactly the way to say it. And hey, like, hey I, don't, I don't drink that much mezcal, or maybe I just don't drink that much, period, but I do want to try some fun stuff. And I think that's pretty, you know, cost-effective, uh, you know, low low entry point there. So um, anyway, check a bunch of our posts. We always, you know, talk about it when we pour them on here. Really cool company, really cool people, and uh, just stuff that you couldn't get unless you flew yourself down uh, to Oaxaca or Durango or Puebla or Michoacan or... Which might, yeah, that that might be fun and a worthwhile thing. Yeah, too. yeah, it certainly would be. Yeah, so that's that's Plan C. Plan C. Yep, for sure. Well, hey, so um, speaking of flying yourself somewhere, you know me, and just with my feed and sort of my native interests, and I think, frankly, the interests of at least a few people who follow us, you know, uh, have a lot to do with like travel, aviation, flying, airplanes, that kind of thing. Um, I did this for my daughters last year. I have an aviation background and for my daughters, I bought them a first time flight experience. So it's going to be called something different, you know, maybe in different places, but some of these, um, I want to say it's, you know, AOPA. So that's uh, aircraft owners and pilots association, sometimes called OPA, um, I think is, you know, put together kind of a rubric for what this should be. 
And in my experience, most reputable flight schools at a, at a local FBO, a fixed base operator at, at an airport near you, will offer something like this. And it's geared for somebody who is, it's not a first like hour one, first hour flight lesson, but it's an introduction to what that experience would be like. And the idea is for most people, it's gonna be anywhere from an hour to maybe an hour and a half um, in the airplane, up front, you know, flying around, getting a sense of what it's like to fly, take off and land, you know, at a, at a regional airport or a small, you know, local airport, get to do, you know, maybe some basic aerial maneuvers, um, get a sense of what, you know, a pilot of a small, you know, single engine land type aircraft does and how they do that. And then um, in the case of like my kids, they got a logbook with it with their first, you know, hour and a half each, you know, of, and the idea is that would count for instruction. It's probably not super valuable, you know, for instruction, but it's an incredible experience. And we all know people who are, you know, tell themselves, hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into this. I wanna get my pilot's license. And if, you know, you're like most people, especially once you kind of get to be our age, if you didn't do it as a young person or for a career, it's kind of hard to get jump started. Maybe, you know, help them get it jump started by, you know, bringing them a, a certificate for one of these experiences. They're a lot of fun. It can be really rewarding, kind of a life changing thing for a lot of people, too, because once you kind of start going down that rabbit hole, it's like watch collecting. Not that we all need another new expensive hobby, but. That would be sort of my suggestion. And for, for the kind of people who tend to be into mechanical watches, I think it's probably more, has more broad appeal than you might think. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think that's a, a fun way to get somebody, like you said, jump started on, on, on being in that up close and personal and, and considering it, you know, for maybe just for the activity that it is or hey, starts to get the, 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 the mind racing and like, what else could this be? What else, how else might I carry this forward? Yep, and the prices on this are gonna vary wildly based on the, the type of aircraft that's available where you go. I mean, it's probably, again, gonna be a, a routinely available single engine land type airplane. So that's gonna be something like a Cessna 172 or a Piper, like a PA-28 variant or whatever. And it's going to depend really on how new that airplane is, what kind of avionics it has, what the gas is like at the local FBO. I mean, in California, we have the worst gas. So, you know, it's the same with aviation fuel, avgas. But I would expect to spend probably a little over 200 bucks for an hour to an hour and a half. Um, and it, it tends to be a little bit more immersive than just a, maybe a lot more immersive if they're doing it right than just like a, hey, hop in the airplane and we'll take a sightseeing tour like you get in Vegas or New York. Um, yeah, it's it's super cool. I love it. I love that you already did it too for the for the girls. Yeah, and they loved it. Yeah. Yep. All right, last one. I think this is a little bit out of my, my wheelhouse, I would say, and this is probably the most expensive uh, recommendation I have. So I think the reason I was even looking these up because I, I probably need something new myself, but... Um, Wolf Winders, I don't, not a winder, but Wolf Winders, the, the company, make obviously a bunch of leather goods and watch accessories. And um, they were running some sales, and there was a 10-watch box called the Memento Mori. Now, this is more than I would typically spend on a watch box, and quite frankly, I would shop it probably on even Amazon and some other places, other, you know, reputable, you know, worn and wounds and, and et cetera. But, um, but this is cool. This is really fun. It's got this sort of 
you know, Dia de los Muertos sort of like sugar skull motif on it. It's on sale from what they would typically sell it for. I think it retails $350 or something, but it's like $100 off right now. And it's just a kind of a neat, unique way to probably display some watches. And I, I have to imagine Wolf makes some pretty high quality stuff. We've seen it, you know, at the AD. And uh, I know it's high quality stuff, but uh, like I said, I would probably bargain shop this type of gift more often, but if you're looking for something fun, unique, and uh, you know, sometimes gift giving allows you to expand how you might purchase for from for some categories of stuff. Um, this is just a neat take on it, where it's sort of uh, half half decorative art piece, half watch box. So I like this a lot, and coincidentally, I can kind of vouch for this. Um, I did not buy one of these, but just a few weeks ago, uh, you know, we had an event in the house, you know, that requires a gift. So I mean, it was my wife's birthday, basically, right? So she had asked for a replacement. She had a um, a watch box that I'd gotten her for a birthday probably 15 or so years ago. And it was just starting to show its age. Yeah. So I shopped a variety of options from all over the place, but I ended up settling on a kind of a medium to large, you know, and I'm, you can't see me here, folks, but I'm, I'm kind of pantomiming a box shape that's, you know, probably about 16 or 18 inches in width, probably about yay high, you know, couple of drawers, mm-hmm. open this up and stuff. And it's, it's wolf. Oh, extremely high quality. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. It, um, it was not inexpensive, but it's very, very good, yeah. you know, for, for leather, um, that's specifically what we wanted. There are, there are options that are better in air quotes, um, but there's quite a bit larger that are made, you know, from like, you know, really good wood construction. Um, but Wolf makes a great product and I think that actually looks really cool. The only thing that ever stops me from getting one of these things is just, I, I'm very nervous about having my watches like on display anywhere. Yeah. I've got them in, in safes and, you know, squirreled away like in, you know, basically locked away this is this is quite literally you know all your eggs in one basket with a glass top (laughs) yeah it's like hey check look what's in here yeah right but but i will say this i mean it's a it's a really good product and it looks very cool like you said it's got this kind of very understated sort of stealthy it's like you know kind of gray on black um low vis and like you say you know kind of the the skull motif all over it it looks cool like i would i would like to have that yeah that's that's a great way to put i would like to have it whether or not you would buy it typically you would like to have I, it. I would like to have that. Yeah. Totally. Well, that's a great option. That's super cool. Well, so is that your last one? That's it. I am I'm four for four now. <clears throat> All right. So my last thing, I also kind of went big, and you can put my last suggestion in your last suggestion, and I'm actually suggesting a watch. So I think, you know, last year we it seemed like we kind of came in at, at price points that were lower than this. But um, I'm going to suggest... You know, for somebody who's looking for a new watch, whether it's a watch person or not, and I think that's the beauty of this suggestion, because this, the watch that I'm going to suggest is something that's going to appeal to, you know, a noob, um, as long as you're kind of looking for, you know, basically a sporty kind of a thing, um, all the way up to somebody who has like a deep high level appreciation for watches. And that is the, uh, the S, I'm sorry, the Seiko SSK, I always want to say 5KX, but basically the 5KX GMT. So the SSK 003 or 005, or fill in the blank, the 003 is what I picked. It's the Blue Dial GMT 5KX. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is basically something that visually is virtually identical to an SKX, except it's got that cool, you know, kind of Batman, you know, blue and less blue 
you know, maybe black or whatever, because it's got that, I don't even know what you'd call that. It's almost, you know, like when you're a kid, when you have the stickers that have like the hologram yes, kind of thing. I was going to say holographic. Yeah. It's got that sort of a, a technology into it. So if you look at the thing face on in certain light, it looks one color. And then if you look at it at an oblique angle in, in you know, more true light, it looks completely different. Like a mirror finish almost. Yeah. But the bottom line is this is an amazing watch. Um, not a true diver. And it is a... Um, basically it's a traveler gmt not a pilot gmt but i don't care about that this is it's well under 500 dollars. there are enough of them out there it's been out long enough i imagine for many ad's we'll probably be able to hook it up maybe not the orange one because i think those are in small numbers but the black and blue i expect you could probably get for just under 400 dollars. and again that's significant for a gift but for a a quality watch that i think is going to be you know, right up there with the SKX in the pantheon of like great basic Seiko watches. Um, you could do a lot worse. And I, I really like this. This is the sort of thing that I would, I would want, I do want, like, you know, part of me wants to just get like all the Pokemon and I have the orange one. It's a fantastic, fantastic piece. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I want to get a sort of our, our thoughts up on the spirit of time website. Um, do our full hands-on for it. You know, I think people have read about it plenty of times and seen the photos, but I think to give our first-hand account of it would be would be fun. Um, it's a great piece. It's, it's It was, uh, I think we got tipped off to it maybe, what, in the weeks leading up to, and then it totally delivered, which is hard to do, right? Because it was already starting to get, get some momentum. Yeah, you know what? I got a, a back-channel email with a picture, and um, I reached out to somebody that I know, having met through our favorite AD, Feldmar, and this guy is basically, he's the local Seiko rep. And I just send him a text message. I happened to have his phone number. And I was like, hey, is this true? Is this happening? And he said, yeah, you know, I, I don't know the exact date, but in about four or five months, this was, you know, in the winter last year, uh, you know, expect it in July. And this is what I think it's going to be. And yeah, I've, th this is to me, this is probably, you know, one of the biggest releases of the year just because it's so relevant for so many people. I'd agree with that. I, I definitely think it's going to be, and, and, and I, on top of that, I think it's gonna end up being one of the most recommended watches um, to folks in many ways, like the Hamilton um, khaki has become. I think this is gonna be, this is how you can get either somebody just getting into it, or like you just said, somebody way deep, you're gonna be able to hit every type of person that likes watches or maybe is about to like watches in a fun, cool, and, you know, relatively, uh, you know, reasonable way. Yeah, it's not too often that you'd say, hey, I'm going to suggest a watch, other than something that's like a swatch yeah. as a gift. But this is, I think, like I said, super relevant. It's the kind of thing that's going to last for a long time. I think it's going to be cool. And, um, you know, aesthetically, it's not going to be played out anytime soon at all. So it's a good option. And... You know, again, it's one of those things that it's like, that's something I would like. Even even having a bunch of Seikos and a bunch of watches, like if I opened this up, you know, under the Christmas tree, I'd be like, <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. This is this is my Red Rider. You know, the thing, it literally has the thing in the stock that tells time. I think I'm going to date myself a little bit here. Like, not so much as like old, but like uh, a very specific time and place. Do you remember, this was way, this was before YouTube. 
Um, so it would have been on like one of those video share sites back in the day. But there was a, a, a video of a, like a kid, he had been 10, 12 years old, opening up a Nintendo 64 on Christmas morning. Do you remember this? So I don't. It, I was not... I mean, I'm, this assuming, is early internet. I'm assuming, yeah, you're thinking of stuff, you know, like maybe Tumblr or even uh, yeah, before that. Yeah, there's a couple of websites. I'm, I'm blanking on the names of them right now, but they were sort of like, they were literally just pages full of videos. It was, basically, it was sort of like early YouTube, mm-hmm. but it wasn't searchable like that. And it wasn't as widely distributed. And they were mostly sort of like funny videos, not just, you know, a smattering of everything. Anyway, I'll just post it somewhere. Someone out there, someone listening is definitely remembering this, but this kid, it's a video of a kid opening up Nintendo 64 on Christmas. I'm not going to describe the whole thing because you just have to see it. But it just means the sheer joy. And he just fist pumps at the end. And this is how I'm imagining you opening yeah. up your, your oh, yeah. Seiko 5 GMT. Yeah, you know, while I'm wearing a Rolex Explorer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. you know, that's right. exactly. That's right. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. So, anyhow... That's basically my last suggestion for a gift. It's pretty good. So basically, I think we just hit from let's just get, give or take forty dollars up to four to four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that gives people a lot of options. Um, and some of these are stocking stuffers. Some of these are full blown. You know, put the put the ribbon on and and gift wrap them and and everything. Um, cover everything from cocktails and spirits to watch straps and watches and watch boxes and, and flight experiences. I mean, that's really, I don't know. It's kind of everything the spirit of time does really. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. A little something for the glass, something for the wrist. Got to go flying and you know, you're good to go and grilling. Grilling. Yeah. And that's uh that should give everybody and, and you know, let us know what we missed. Let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know, you know, uh, what, what might be, uh, you know, an, a, an omission that, uh, that we should add and, We'll probably put something up on the on the website too, and we can add to it there. Right on. Well, dude, I know we threw this together a little bit, you know, kind of spur of the moment. I'm glad this was able to uh, come together, you know, last minute over over a beer and some really good tacos. I do not have any, you know, kind of final notes or suggestions or anything like that. But if you have anything, let her um, rip. Cool article from a magazine or an outlet that I don't typically read, but I was always aware of. Mother Jones, um, sort of, I think, you know, long form journalism. Um, probably not even describing what their mission is very well, but sort of interesting stories, long form. Anyway, there's a the story, the article right now that I, I'm referencing is called "How the Story of Soccer Became the Story of Everything," and it's apropos given the World Cup just launched uh, what two or three days ago. And without burying too much of the lead, the the the, the, the short, the long and short of it is, they're they sort of investigate the origins of how all these multinational oligarchs, billionaires, uh, investment firms, investment groups have been, have basically infiltrated European soccer leagues um, and completely changed the face of what they stand for, how they invest in their team, how the fans interact with it. And it starts off going back to, I believe his name is uh, Roman, Roman Abramovich when he paid yes. Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, it's probably like the mid two thousands. Oh, he was, he was he, that was the, that was the floodgates. That he opened. was a household name in February. He was. That's right. Yeah, and it traces all the way through his arc as well. Uh, and there's multiple examples, but it really he's the genesis of this sort of billionaire oligarch, potentially shady characters, shady mission statements, shady money mm-hmm. infiltrating European soccer, and what that sort of means for geopolitics and the soccer league itself. Soccer leagues, I should say. Yeah. Super interesting. Fun fun read. 
it's I not to take anything away from that or whatever. It just made me think a little bit about how um, at the beginning and, you know, we're sort of we're coming into our holiday season here in the West. And it's it's really easy to forget, um, although I'm sure nobody has, but that, you know, there's an actual like full size kinetic war in in Europe proper right now has been going on for almost the entire year. And, you know, Abramovich, you know, featured at the beginning of this whole thing. And I I don't know how that's all shaken out, but it um, it does remind me of, you know, and Formula One has just come to a close. But right at, at the time that this was kind of starting, you know, the kinetic phase of this, uh, you know, Formula One was about to start the season. That's right. And there was all of, you know, this like, hey, what are we going to do about Russia? What are we going to do about, you know, a Russian, you know, um, driver, et cetera, et cetera. It's uh, and that's just related to Russia, not just, you know, not not corporate money and sports in general. But it just made me think of that. So, yeah, anyway, um, you know, that's apropos of nothing. Maybe we just need to do a, a Formula One season recap. Let's get well, Spence we, on. Yeah, we threatened it, and I think it was re- well-received. So we should be able to hopefully put that together, and it would be a lot of fun to recap that because we had done a season preview. So that's, we really need to tie a bow on it, I think. it's probably Yeah, we necessary. did sort of – it was more of the Whiskey and Watches guys, yep. um, and we did like a little, you know, intro to, to that. And then I think, you know, they're – they may be interested in doing that, so I don't want to put the cart before the horse. If if this is out before I talk to you, Spence, sorry. Um, but, yeah, we'll see if we can do something. For sure. Right and, on. And uh, lastly, latest hands-on, we had the Le Sablier Chronosport. Uh, you and I had it on in, in our hands for a few weeks, and uh, so we threw up something on the Spirit of Time website. That's spiritoftime.co. Go check it out. Let us know what you think about the picks, uh, the details. Really cool watch. Um that could have actually been on the holiday shopping list too. But well, I don't know. They're through the Kickstarter phase, but that was a, 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 an affordable Mecha Quartz. Yeah. Very sharp too. And you're not, yeah, not something you'd see on everybody's wrists. No, not and at all. And very kind of cool looking, very specific aesthetics. Very. But it's, um, I think it's kind of neat. So it is. Yeah. So check it out. Very good. That's what we got, man. Well, dude, it's good talking to you. Always Cheers. Fun. Salute. Cheers. Last sip right now. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.